Today we're going to talk about what you can do now with your online ministry. What are those next steps look like for you as you process where you go with your online ministry? Are you ready? Because it's time. You're listening to the Church Digital Sidekick Podcast, part of the TCD Podcast Network. Hey heroes, my name is Tom Pounder. I'm your host for the Church Digital Sidekick Podcast. If you're listening to this, you're like, wait, it's the Church Digital Sidekick Podcast and not the YM Sidekick Podcast? What, what happened there? Well, the simple fact is that last week, Jeff Reed and I announced that I'm going to be now part of the Church Digital team. And I this podcast is now a part of the Church Digital Podcasting Network that's going to have more launches in 2022. But I'm a part of this team now, and what I do with my blog and what I do with the podcast is now going to be part of the Church Digital. So if you've never heard of the Church Digital or you've never checked out the site, I want to encourage you to go to that at some time. Listen to the podcast first and then go to the site and explore all the great options. I'll include the links on the show notes. But this podcast is will not change, actually, from what I was currently doing. What I like to do is I like to call you all heroes. And so I'll reference it from time to time, the very beginning, the very end, about how you all are heroes. You guys are the ministry leaders who are in the trenches, and you are doing God's work. And so you all are my heroes. I am simply your psychic, and where I like to invite people to share about what they're doing online and what they're doing with digital tools and trends and how they're applying into our ministry context. So each week that I get together for the Church Digital Psychic Podcast— I interview someone and we talk about that and we look at how we can apply it into our context. So I'm really excited that in this first podcast, under the new branding of the Church Digital Sidekick podcast, I have my friend Ben Stapley here. Ben is a great resource and a great online minister. He has online ministry experience and now he's the weekend experience director down in a church in Miami, Florida. I have all his contact information below because you're going to want to check out what he's doing on his website, but also what he's doing on social media. He is a great resource. And today we talk about the fact that we are now almost two years in to COVID. And a lot of people have been doing online ministry for the very first time. And you've been making a lot of progress, but now you have some decisions to make because you are not just on uh, online, but you're in person as well. And so you have divided resources and you have real tough decisions of where you're going to focus your time and energy. Can you do both? How does that look like? Ben walks us through a great flow chart that he has about what church leaders can be asking these questions and what kind of action steps they can be taking right now, depending on your church context. Because let's just be honest, our churches are in different spots. They're in different areas. Uh, you're serving different communities. So online here maybe looks a little bit different from online over there. And so what does it look like for you? He walks us through this great flow chart, and I'm going to include that flow chart in the show notes, so make sure you grab that and follow along with us as he leads us through. So I'm really excited to have Ben on. So without any further ado, let's get into the interview right now with Ben Stapley. All right, with me right now is Ben Stapley. Ben, how are you? I'm doing great, Tom. I always like to rub it in that I'm down here in sunny Miami, um, lounging on the beach, enjoying the weather as the cold comes upon the rest of the nation. Not to rub it in, but I'm doing great down here. Yeah, it actually is like a little bit chillier up here, up in D.C. now. And it's like, man, I'm kind of envious of you Floridians that, you know, you, especially you in Miami, like you get to experience just nice weather down there. All year round, other than August, all okay. year round. So August is pretty like unbearable. 
Yeah, you just you try to go from air conditioning unit to air conditioning unit from the car to the office of the home and, and make that 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 outside experience as short as possible then that month is endurable other than that it's not that's good well consider we're recording in october it's kind of a nice time and it is it is definitely getting chilly up here in dc so um well ben you've been on my podcast a number of times and we've had a lot of different interactions but for anybody who may not know who you are why don't you give a quick little description of what you do and um we know you're in florida but what do you do Yes, so I'm down here with a church on the executive team, Price Fellowship Miami. I'm the experience director, which some people are like, what in the world does that mean? I get a chance to oversee the experience uh, on-site and online from our, from our streets to our seats to our screens and overseeing that experience and helping people follow Christ, not just the one hour during our church services, but the other 167 during the course of the week. So I get a chance to do that. It's my full-time job. In addition to that, I get a chance to coach and consult with churches and individuals with communication, uh, leadership, and creativity. So those are some of the things that keep me busy on a week-to-week basis. Well, you are definitely busy and you are all over the place. I I know that. And uh, I'm going to ask you to share specifically a little bit more about what you do as we kind of wrap up and and how you can help churches. Uh, But you have online ministry experience too. Before you became the experience director, you were an online minister, correct? Yes, I'm, I'm what they call in the business, Tom, a dinosaur. I was I was doing <laughs> church online before COVID hit. It just, yeah. uh, at this point, everybody is now, which is great. Yeah. Uh, but I was in the game before that. Actually, I was a church online pastor for three years uh, at Liquid Church. And prior to that, going back to 15 years in ministry for myself, um, I was at a church in New Jersey that was very uh, transient with the summer. And a lot of beach, but it seemed like everybody seemed like everybody in the church other than me had a beach home, but that wasn't the case. But a lot of people, people had a church home. And so the summertime we would have, uh, it would be a mass exodus for June, July, and August. People would say, I love you guys, but I'll see you in three months. And we went down to almost like a, a fourth of our congregation size every summer. And then September, like clockwork, everyone just came right back. And so during that time, uh, again, this is 15 years ago how can we get this experience for people that even though they're remote, they can still tap into us. So I was pushing in on that church online experience uh, 15 years ago, just because I, from, uh, from those beach home owners, I was trying to captivate them during the summer as well and not lose them in terms of their engagement and how they can continue to walk with Christ. So I, I've been in the game for a while. Like I said, a dinosaur at this point. Yeah, you, you have been, uh, that is for sure. And, you know, it's kind of interesting that your mentality of why you guys started church online back in the day you know, that when we're not as old as you are, my church, we're not as old as you guys are with that. But we started initially over the summer because of that exact reason. It was they would go on weekend trips and they would be always gone on the weekends or for week vacation. Uh, and that's when we said we need to launch something. That's what we said. So we launched ours in, in a June uh, one summer and it's been great for us. Um, so it's been kind of cool. So, All right. Well, I want to talk with you about something that's actually on your website, um, and it's called the Church Online Flowchart, okay? And you can get this, and we'll reference it a little bit later, but if you go to Ben's website, benstapley.com, it's on there. A lot of He's got a lot of resources on there, um, but you have this thing called the Church Online Flowchart. So as we've been now through COVID, and we're not out of it by any stretch of the imagination, but... People are well-versed with church online. And I think a decision point comes really right now for a lot of these churches to say, okay, so now what do we do? You know, we've been doing church online and also in-person church. What are our options now? And I think you've really highlighted this on your church online flowchart. 
So talk to me a little bit about why you created it and, and what it, what's the purpose? Yeah, great questions. The first thing I did was when the, when the pandemic hit, I think every church jumped into church online because they felt they needed to because everybody else was doing it. Uh, we don't have a revenue stream. We don't have any way to get collect an offering anymore. We need to do this. And I think a lot of churches jumped in because they felt they needed to. And the first couple of questions they're asking us, how, how do we get, how do we do this? What's the gear? What's the camera that I need? Um, what's the streaming service? What's the best platform to be on? And a lot of churches, they jumped over the most critical question of why, why are we doing this? What do we believe? What, before we jump into the, the model and how we accomplish it, let's wrestle with the mindset and what do we believe philosophically, theologically, what church online is, what it can be, what it should be. And so for me, I was like, after a couple of months into the pandemic, it's like, I, I need to rewind the clock here. And there's a bunch of churches I was, I was working with who were spending all the time asking the how and none of the time asking the why. And I was like, let's rewind a bit and let's figure out. So that, that was my goal. Let's just give a basic framework and talk people through in terms of the whys. What do we think is accomplished? Do we think it's X? Great. It's not. If not, let's, is it Y? If not, is it Z? And so the flow chart, it, it, was in, it was in lieu of that to help those churches think through why they're doing it. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, so, okay, so to kind of kick us off there, I think that really the big question is, the first question you have on here is, uh, you, you asked the question, can some degree of spiritual evangelism and discipleship take place online? And again, I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, to go to benstapley.com and download this so you can kind of track along with what Ben and I are talking about, but you have it in two direct points. So if someone answers no to that question, mm -hmm. you know, what, well, what do you think of that opinion? I'm going to get, ask you to what do you think <laughs> of that opinion, but then if someone answers no, what do you encourage them to do there? Yeah. And so uh, just for, for the people who are looking, if you go to benstapley.com slash online, you'll find this just so you don't have to hunt around. So you'll see this flow chart and it'll make a lot more sense if you're looking at that as we're discussing this. So the first, so the first question is, first of all, is it, so, does some spiritual degree, spiritual discipleship, some degree of it happen online? Um, and most people would say yes. Some people say no. If, if you say no, no spiritual discipleship can take place online. That's great. You're a strictly on site church. Um, but my encouragement is then make sure that your model of ministry matches your mindset. So if you don't think any of that can happen, if you don't think people can get closer to Christ through online tools, then let's take down that website. Let's stop that podcast. Uh, let's take down your Vimeo account, close out the social media. If you, and so here's the thing, it's, it's a bit of a straw man, but I don't think anyone believes that. Um, in their heart of heart. I think, I think every church leader believes it to some degree. So that's the first thing. That's the question. And, and, and to be even frank, there's some leaders right now, um, recently in the news, who's saying, you know, like a, a Zoom church is not a real church. And there's some up there who are, who are criticizing spiritual discipleship taking place on digital platforms. But those same leaders are fully utilizing those platforms to get their... their they're communicating it on a digital platform for crying out loud, which is kind of ironic, right? So, uh, so let's just let's just make sure the the mindset matches the ministry. And I think I think that's a small small percent of churches that would say this. It's probably a one percenter who would say no, none of this can take place. And again, I would disagree with that. I think you're missing a huge opportunity. Um, and I and I don't know if your ministry unless you're like you're on the Amish or you're Mennonite or you know uh, you know a technical. Luddite, right? If you're just like, this is all evil, unless you're in that camp, you, you're not in that camp. So let's just say those, that, that small sliver of people are in that camp and then move on to everybody else and where we fall. 
Yeah. And, and just in conversations I've had with you and like friends, like we have with like Jeff Reed, when, when online church started becoming a thing, that was what a lot of people were saying is that you can't have real community online. You can't have real discipleship or evangelism online. And that was part of the reasons why they were uh, not doing it in the first place. Correct. Yeah, there was even before before COVID, before the necessity of it, and before people saw the true opportunity of it, there was that criticism. Uh, and let's be frank as well, a lot of that criticism was coming from lead pastors who like to see the people in front of them. And it's harder mentally to make that gymnastic jump to saying, I'm reaching somebody um, and I might not ever see them. It may be all through uh, an email or text correspondence and I never, I never see their face and I never get to meet with them face to face. My ministry, my ministry model was not set, set me up for this. My, my MDiv and my theological background did not set me up for this. I was not trained for this. I was trained for on-site, on-site. So I understand I'm trying to be gracious towards the church pastors and church leaders who've had to try to make this change. They've, they've not been set up for it. But now that we're here, how do we adjust accordingly? So now, okay, so now in your flow chart, you say, okay, so that was if they answered no to that question. Now, if they answered yes, you break it down into three specific categories. Is church online more important, as important, or less important? So let's just attack those one at a time. If you think that church online is more important than church on site, what, what would your recommendations be? What, what would you encourage them and how would you encourage them? Yes. And I've tried to use pretty generic language here because it can get really subjective. You can start splitting hairs and really jump into the syntax. And so I'm just saying more important, how you define important, you can define that however you want. But at the end of the day, do you think church online is more important? I used to say like, Hey, congratulations. You're, you're, you're part of the 1% as the 1% who, who don't think there's probably 1% who don't think any spiritual discipleship can take place online. There's probably, there was about 1% who thought it was more important. Uh, I think that number's grown. Over the past year, uh, I I, th I don't think it's one percent anymore. I think there are church leaders who are seeing the incredible growth, and the opportunity here, and the return on investment on online. We see church leaders who are saying, "Hey, we actually had a physically viable campus. We're multi-site, and uh, a third campus is doing fine. When we reopen, we're not going to reopen it. We're going to take the." funding for that and put it towards online the funding in terms of the facilities from the staff hours the volunteer time and we're going to beef up what we're doing online so you see church leaders who are putting this into practice you see church leaders church planners who are saying i'm just going completely digital i'm not you know i'm not doing anything physical so you see church leaders who are pushing into this i think i think that number is going to grow so at the beginning of the pandemic i said it's maybe one one percent it's maybe about five percent of church leaders have this mindset it's more important because I'm not saying it's better, more important. I'm not saying it's better, I'm saying it's more important because of its reach and its opportunity. Also, to be frank, more important because of the financial restraints we are going to move into as a church. So let's be honest, nationwide, we're probably about 50% back to our numbers at large, maybe 50, 60, 70 um, across the nation with our attendance post-COVID. Uh, giving is probably around 90, 95% back to where it is because by and large, a lot of that has been sustained by an older generation who were raised on tithing. Um, what I'm flagging is the reduction in giving has not caught up with a reduction in attendance, but it will. Yeah. And there will be a reckoning for the church. How do we respond to that? How do we tighten our belt and be leaner? What does that look like? 
I think there's the possibility of being saying it for the past 10 years, but I think it's still coming around. So in, the, in the next five years, I think there is the possibility that the tax exempt status here for churches in the states may go away. What would that look like from a financial responsibility of how we do, how we minister on a tighter budget? Leaders who see online as more important are ahead of that curve and are addressing it and are get, putting themselves in a position to uh, weather those uh, those famine years. I think we've gone through feast years as a church, which is great. God bless. We're going to go through famine years and God is going to bless us during those years as well. So I think that's, that's how you would, that's how you respond. If you think church online is more important for you during this next season. Yeah, this is a great, uh, some great points you have highlighted here. And I think one of the things, um, is what I, we're seeing too, is like, so the first part of the in 2019 well in 2020 when the pandemic hit we we actually had a really good year financially with tithing and giving at our church and we we think a lot of churches had that i i don't know if you saw that in your in your area as well um but in 2021 now we've seen a decrease in tithing and giving and so i see what you're saying there is that it is really kind of catching up and our attendance is about 50 to 55 percent of what it used to be and so it, it, it's a really interesting point what you made there. And again, just to highlight, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's cheaper to run online ministry than it is to run in-person ministry because of building and all the other uh, functions you have there, correct? Yeah, there's no I think behind it. There's, <laughs> it's drastically cheaper. And this is, this is where I'm encouraged churches because what I'll say first is pursue church on land ministry, because the harvest is plentiful and there's a great opportunity. And so that's my strong selling point. I think this is a tool God wants us to reach more people for Christ. Also, in addition to that, it is a more financially viable model for us to consider. And so you never want to reverse things and have the, the cart before the horse. I think we're doing it and we need to do it and pursue it because we think there's an opportunity to proclaim Christ first and foremost, uh, not just to keep us financially solvent. But that does need to be factored into the equation. And I think church leaders who are not doing that are not being honest with realities they face. And, and if you're not reality, if you're not honest, I um, read somewhere recently, um, like churches who don't have a clear definition of success are going to be the last to know they failed. And if you don't have a clear definition of what your financial realities are, you're going to be the last one to realize that you need to close the doors. And God, God deserves more than that. Uh, putting our heads in the sand and not addressing financial realities. We need to see them dead in the face and respond to them aggressively. Yep. I agree completely. Okay. So that's what some action steps you can take. If you're thinking that church online is more important than church on site. Now let's go to the next one is the church online as important as church uh, on site. I think this is where a lot of churches are. Um, and again, you, wh what do you think about that? And what are some action steps there if that's what your mentality is? Yes. So again, I, I agree with you. I think we've, we've hit the ends of the bell curve, right? Those who are, are never going to adopt the model and those who are early adopters. Now we're in the middle of the bell curve. The majority of churches who are saying, yeah, it's, um, it's not the same as on site. Um, but it is as important as on-site. And because of that, we need to respond. So basic responses to that is uh, making sure that your staffing looks like that. You probably won't have the same staffing for online as you will on-site. And a lot, a lot of churches have wrestled that. If you have a graphic designer and they're making graphics that are playing in your services and on your online service, are, is it 
we're still figuring that out. We need to be, we need to be gracious towards ourselves, uh, but realize there's going to be staffing changes towards it. There's, there's going to be communication changes towards it. Are you communicating in all your communication that you would love for people to come and join you uh, on site or online? Oftentimes we forget that online we've kind of let, let it go. I actually like to reverse it. And I like to say, Hey, we, uh, you can experience here at Christ fellowship, Miami, wherever and wherever you are online. Um, in addition, if you're in the area, and you wanted to check us out physically, come to one of our campuses. And so you even see how I'm, I'm reversing things there and putting online ahead. So there's, there's implications there. The other thing I'd tell a lot of leaders uh, who are in this middle is be gracious towards the model of ministry, because by and large, it's still in its infancy. And to the same degree that you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't evaluate uh, an individual and their potential and their growth and where they are based upon their infancy, well, don't evaluate church online with where it is right now because it's still in its infancy and it has a lot of growth potential to, go, to, to grow. So, so wait for it to become at least in its teen years before yeah, yeah, you, you disband it and you, and you run away from it because it's still in its infancy. There's a lot of growth opportunities. Wait for it to reach adulthood before you fully uh, evaluate it and judge it accordingly. So these, there's church leaders here in this. Stick with it would be my encouragement and push through these infancy years. Yeah. Uh, that's great uh, wisdom there. And uh, let me ask you this question, because I feel like in oh, it's a lot of churches mindset of like, okay, now um, we have a church online and it's getting up there at almost an equal value to on-site church, but the budget differences is still significant. And I know a number of churches that will be like, we we talk about church online as so important, so important. We want you to connect in these online groups. And, but when you look at the budget constraint, the differences, it's so far and wide. What would you encourage some church leaders on that? In, in, that you, When you see churches that have just such a wide disparity in, in budget resources. The, the first thing I'd say is make baby steps. Sometimes we think we need it needs to be on par by day day one. So we have two staff members for on-site. So we need two staff members for online, not necessarily, um, but so see where you're at and see where you continue to make inroads towards it. And also, like I alluded to before, also realize that some of your on-site staff will have online implications towards it. So um, again, we can think of like a lot of centralized staff in terms of what they're creating, especially from the, the creative side and the, the, the experience itself. Um, like, Pretty much the majority of them are probably staff that their time is going towards the online campus or volunteers that are going towards the online campus. So um, realize that. And then I think it'd be helpful at least to give yourself a benchmark, if you haven't done it yet already, to have your staff members ballpark, again, ballpark, where you where they think the majority of their time and effort is going towards. Is it going towards on-site or online? We've wrestled this with this at Christ Fellowship Miami. So um, janitor, right? probably all their efforts are going towards on-site. I don't think any of their efforts are going towards online. That's a clear, okay, great, 100%, zero. Uh, church online pastor, okay, zero, 100%, that's pretty clear. Now the rest of us are all in the middle. What does it mean? What does it mean for me, uh, for the lead pastor who's communicating, but he has to think about communicating to the camera and making sure that he calls out the church online campus. Um, and he does, you know, we're doing this quarterly meet the pastor uh, event with our, our lead pastor online for our online, just strictly for our online community. Okay, so maybe five, 10% of his effort is going towards online. 
do that with your staff, whatever your staff is, uh, even if it's just yourself, you're, you're a lead pastor and you're the only person, think through what your percentage is. And then what I encourage you is how can you create more margin, more of that percentage for each staff member over the next year? So again, it doesn't need to be, we had two full-timers and we went to three full-timers. It could be, we had two full-timers and both of them were 90-10 in terms of their allocation of effort. Can we push it to 80-20 next year? Can we push it to 70-30 next year? Think of it that way. Think of it in, not in just terms of one-on-one -on -one staff members, but percentage of times for each staff member. So that's a great starting point for churches in that situation. And I love what you just described there because I'll just take, for instance, our children's ministry, right? At my specific church, they were 100% on-site only before the pandemic. And then once it happened, they, they became a little bit different. But now that we're coming out of it, we are doing a lot of more on-site stuff, but they have not lost their focus a little bit on, on online. And then so I would say they're at an 80-20 right now, whereas before it was 100 to zero. And so they're making strides and they're still, they're not forgetting the online stuff. They're still incorporating it, but not as much to the degree when we were just online only. So I love how you just described that right there. Um, all right, so uh, that's as if you think it's just as important. Now let's get to the last one where you think <laughs> the church online is less important as church on site. And I'll just say this, this is one of the things I've been noticing too, and you can tell me if you've noticed this with churches you've been working with, is I've noticed now that, that we've gotten through the, the, the heart of the pandemic, the just <laughs> real crazy time of the pandemic, that more and more churches are saying, okay, this worked well for us at the time. Now let's just go back to, you know, maybe we'll do a Facebook thing or maybe we'll stream it to YouTube, but we're really just going to go back. And so are you seeing that too? And how would you encourage those churches? And then let's get into the meat of what you would recommend here. Tom, you're breaking my heart. You're breaking my heart with this reality that yes, a lot of church leaders have are going back to the, the normal, right? When do we get back to normal? So a lot of church leaders are saying, yeah, it really is less important. And let's treat it accordingly. And I'm I'm not trying to, like I say, to some degree, I'm trying to convince people of the legitimacy of church online. At the end of the day, um, you need to, it's 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 gonna be you and God. You stand before him with your own convictions and say, God, I invested my time and my talents. I really thought this was better or this wasn't better. So I'm not trying to convince you otherwise. If it truly is a conviction of yours that it is less important. Um, I got great friends who are followers of Christ who love Jesus more than me with that conviction. Uh, what I what I would say is this: what I, I would challenge you towards is think through the ramifications because if you do, it may change the way you think. And what I say that is that is if you have if you have the church online, your campus, your experience, your whatever it is, and it's all designed to be a feeder system to the main thing, the real thing, the the legit thing, then no one's going to want to be a part of it. So if you if your church online host is hey, so so we're glad that you're here today with us. But we'd be really glad if you actually came to one of our physical campuses where the real thing's happening. If that's if that, and that's not even sometimes said. I'm 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 being hyperbole, hyperbolic here, but that's the the sense sometimes you get with some church online experiences that we're sorry you're sick, you're vacationing, you had to show up. We're kind of sorry you had to do this, but hopefully you'll come back in person next time, and you get that sense. Um, I alluded to a romantic relationship I had, Tom, going back in the time machine here in high school, <laughs> when I asked a girl out for a date, and she told me, she said, maybe, and I was like, maybe, that's an odd answer, it's kind of yes or no, 
And she told me, she said, well, she said, I'm still waiting to hear back from Tommy if he's going to take me to the prom. I was, oh, just tell me no. Who wants to be the guy waiting in the wings? Yeah. And so I said, God bless Tommy. He's a handsome dude. You should probably go with him instead. So, you know, it, it was clear where her heart was. And so I use that story as an analogy because if people are coming and they think that the real date, the real show, the real engagement with Jesus and community and all the good stuff is only happening on site, they're not going to want to come to your online campus and they're not going to want to be a part of it. So I, I encourage churches, I just think through the ramifications of that. You're going you're gonna to shoot it in the foot if that's the route you go. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100% because I, I've, I've heard that from other church leaders that they're like, we want this to be a good experience, but not as good as just being in it. We want them to come in. And again, I, I get that to some degree. I mean, that's how we always used to do it. But the world is changing. The world has changed. And and I, again, I, I don't want to get on a soapbox here. I mean, you and I've talked a number of times. Dude, get on it, man. Get on it. I'm, I'm, have you ever gone to an online store? I was at Target the other day online. They didn't, there was no like banner. We're sorry you're not in person. <laughs> Boo-hoo, you couldn't make it. They're like, yeah, here's the cart. Give us your money. Like, <laughs> this is an engaging experience. We're so happy you're here. Um, and then when I went to the actual Target store, there was no one actually greeting me. There's stuff on the floor. And so like, they clearly have put all their eggs in that basket. We as church leaders can do that as well. Get on the soapbox, Tom. I want to hear you. Well, no, I, I was just at a Walmart and uh, because I was looking for a calculator for my daughter because she needed it last minute. I would have ordered it on Amazon if I could have done it, but if I had more leeway, but she needs it tomorrow. And so I had to go there and she showed me on Walmart, you know, here it is. And I'm like, I have no idea where to go in Walmart. The in-person experience is so horrible. Again, maybe it's just this one thing, but I've discovered this with other stores. Online, I can I can get to where I need to go. The navigation's great. All I type in is calculator and wham, I got a ton of calculators right there, right on my phone, put in the cart. And, the, and so I think if we just limit it and say the best experiences without making their online experience as great as it can be for people, I think we're missing a huge opportunity. The world has changed. We need to change with it. And church, again, we want to reach people for Jesus. We got to do it online. So there, I'm done. I'm going to stop for, yeah. So, um, well, Ben, th this is awesome. I love all your resources. I love all the tools that you have. And you have such a passion for people to, to discover Jesus in general. And you've done this gr great stuff with online and communication stuff. Uh, so I want to encourage people to go uh, to your website, benstapley.com. But talk to me a little bit more about what you have on your website and what kind of services you offer uh, to the churches. Yeah, and I know you invited me here to share about online, so I'll take it real quick. But if you if you want that graphic that Tom and I have been talking about for the past 20 minutes, it's benstapley.com uh, slash online. If you want someone to come alongside and coach you through this and partner with you, Go to benstapley.com slash coach. I would love to. And here's my, here's my sales pitch, not for myself, but for churches that are still on the fence. I think some, right? Let's be honest. Some church leaders are like, ah, I never I never did the online thing. Kind of seemed like a, it was a fad. I kind of missed the boat. So I guess I shouldn't. D don't be embarrassed in terms of being a latecomer. I, I got the most improved student in high school and in my undergrad. I got it twice, Tom, twice, you know? Uh, the most approved because I'm a late bloomer. That's who I am. And that's God's working through me in relationship to that. 
If your church is a late bloomer and is coming to the scene at the end of the day, don't worry. There's still opportunity for you to get involved and do great kingdom work here. So that's that's not a sales pitch for me. It's a sales pitch for the model because I think it's going to help churches reach more people. Yeah. And I will give you a sales pitch right now because there are a few people that I like to go to and I trust with valuable resources and who have a heart for this. Ben Stapley is in the top five. I mean, he is one of those guys that he's my go-to guy. If I'm processing something or thinking through something, I'm like, I got to talk to Ben or I got to get hear what Ben's saying. And so if you're not following him on social media, if you're not checking him out his website, you need to. And I would highly recommend him as a coach. He has a huge heart for uh, people and for churches to hear about Jesus. And so I love, and again, it's not just online. He's got some photography stuff. You've got a wide variety of stuff that you offer. And so um, I would definitely check him out um, ASAP and give people your uh, social media uh, handles real quick. I'm on all of them, uh, Ben Stapley. And so this feel anything that pops up now, any of the new platforms, I haven't jumped to TikTok yet. Maybe I need to jump to that, but all the rest of them I'm on at Ben Stapley. I'd love to connect with you on social media as well. Yeah, Ben's great on social media. I like to connect with him on Twitter, so uh, I would encourage you to do that uh, with him. Well, Ben, as always, it's great having you on. I'm so excited uh, to hear, again, all the stuff that's happening. So uh, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks so much for having me on, Tom. All right, here. So what do you think? What do you think about what Ben shared with us today? What's going through your mind? Where are you out in this flowchart? I would love to hear your thoughts and comments on it. Uh, so simply, you can put it in the comments section below, or you can hit me up on Twitter. I would love to talk to you a little bit more about this on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at TA Pounder. You can go there and chat with me all the time. I love this conversation to carry on because, again, we're all at different points in our online ministry. So what does this look like for you? What questions are you asking? And I would love to talk to you a little bit more about that. So, again, put it in the comments section below. All right, here's well, thanks so much for joining me for this very first Church Digital Sidekick podcast. So excited that you're here. If you've not subscribed to it yet, make sure you subscribe to it. I've got interviews lined up for a long while, and we're going to have some great conversations that I know that you're going to want to be a part of, so subscribe to it. And make sure you go to the church.digital website, and you can learn more information about online ministry and how it applies into your ministry context. All right, here's well, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a great one.